Hello, Jennifer. Hello, these are the adventures I've had today. Super yes, you've been in the clouds for at least half an hour. <laughs> so frustrating. All right, but to shift gears just a little bit for people tuning in for the first time, maybe, who knows, perhaps. Hello, um, Jennifer and I met some time ago. Um, and we've been working together for how many years? 27, five, I don't know, some six, something like that. And somewhere along the line, her dad um, had passed away. And so one day we were talking about him and um, Jennifer naturally was got choked up and she couldn't talk. Aww. And I was thinking to myself, okay, well, this is unusual. Here's somebody. It's, I mean, she's so good at talking to the flip side, talking to people on the other side. But when it came to her dad, it was like so emotional. Yeah. So weird guy that I am, I said, can your dad come forward and answer some questions? And I remember very specifically because you said, yeah, he's here. And I said, so how do we help people with grief? What's a way that we can help people with the loss of a loved one? Because from his perspective, I, you know, I would think he might know. And so his answer was, try to move grief to nostalgia. And I asked Jennifer, what's that mean? <laughs> and she said, I don't know. <laughs> um, and so I said, like I always do, well, ask him. He's here. Ask him. And he said to her, Grief is only sad memories. Nostalgia is both sad and happy memories. And when you can move grief to nostalgia, you begin the healing process. Since that very wise and sage comment, I've mentioned it maybe a hundred times. People on Quora yeah. constantly ask me, you know, how do I deal with grief? I just quote Jim. So Jim, it's your birthday today. Is it today? Yes, it is. He's 70. Okay, very good. Happy birthday, Jim. So let's invite your dad forward because I got a million questions for him and we've only got about 30 minutes. He's laughing. He's laughing. He thinks it's so funny that I got locked out. Like, that's just so funny to him. Now I'm like kind of mad. Well, but, was he involved with that or, or are you trying to limit our conversation? Yeah, he was. No. Well, he told me because you do know you could talk to me. And I'm like, right, you don't need Rich. But I do, but I do though, I'm like, I know I don't, but it just makes it more real for me. Well, that as, as well as, and this is, and this is why we're doing this today is because Jim has a particularly insightful experience on the flip side. We can ask him not only personal questions about his journey and his life and everything else, but we can ask him philosophical questions. And those philosophical questions help people who tune in not only to realize, oh my gosh, my relatives still exist, but I can ask profound questions. So, of course, a daughter uh, talking to her dad, there's only, you know, the, the parameters are going to be a certain amount. Somebody who never met Jim. Right. So, so Jim, we have talked to you about uh, Akashic Libraries. You took Jennifer for a visit. And I asked you to pull out her life book and to find a memory that you remembered, but that she did not. And he recounted the time when you were a little, little girl 
and you had come to them and said, Grandpa's not well, we need to move to California. And he, at the time, dismissed it until he realized his father was not well. And that became an example that there was something unusual about his daughter. Just a little Also, bit. we've talked to Jim about his class, because we asked him what he was doing in the afterlife. We asked him who was there to greet him, and he said, what are you doing over there? And he mentioned a class in astrophysics. And we asked if we, he could take us to that class, and he did. And it's, it's a full chapter in one of our books. But Jim, so let's, where would you like to take us today? Do you want to go visit the library? Do you want to go visit the classroom? One of the things, while you texted me and uh -huh. said, my dad's available, I was writing something about the religion that he belonged to, to a friend of mine. So I thought, well, that's a little coincidental. So Jim, that's the third area. Do you want us to talk about that religion? Is that related? He says kind of, but he actually showed me the 75 years. I'm like, so your life review? He said, yeah. So I'm, right, let's like, talk about that. I'm like, you want to go for a life review with me? And he said, yes. Okay. And does he mean his life review or yours? When I, both of us. So yeah, my life with him. So in terms of when you, let's go back to the planning, the life planning session, Jim. Okay. Let's, because that helps us give context. <laughs> Everyone, people that talk about. Putting a whole map on the floor, like on there, just saying, and he said I was bossy then. Like, I'm going to do this. You need to help me with this. Oh. That's so. so Give us a visual. Listen, just for people who are tuning in for the first time, people, everybody has a life planning session prior to coming here. Not everything that they plan happens because we have free will to screw things up. However, the general hallmarks of a lifetime are planned in advance, who you're going to marry, who your kids are going to be, et cetera, et cetera. So we're now going to access Jennifer's life planning session. So where are we? We inside or outside? We're in and out, so it's like a built. It's like what we've seen with the, like a huge library, but we created it ourselves. So the Kashuk Library. Mm -hmm. And he's saying he's like you would take each lifetime. I'm taking out a books of like what did I not accomplish? Right. He used the word accomplish. What did I not accomplish? What, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to accomplish? And then. I wanted to accomplish not getting burned at the stake, okay? Um, or burning, whatever. Or dunking people, which we've heard. Oh, you have to remind me of that. Can you just stop reminding me of that? Um, okay. I wasn't going to be a pilot this time either. But I was going to be obsessed with pilots, apparently, and flying. Literally obsessed about flying since I was little. I had to be on a plane. Um, so for people who don't understand that, Jennifer and I have talked about this, about a memory of her being a pilot in her previous lifetime during a war. So Jim, show Jennifer, so while you're in this life planning place, let's just get a visual. Are we looking at books? Are we looking at lights? Are we looking at microfiche? What, what, what is he, the- Well, he just showed me, he said, this lifetime, 
He said he didn't want to help somebody else. or So I didn't want to help. Instead of having somebody have control over what I did, I wanted to help people without that control over me. Okay. And, but I'm asking Jim, when, you sh when you're there with Jennifer and accessing these records, are we looking at a stack of shelves of books that you're pulling out? Are we looking at a row of lights? Are we looking at scrolls? What are we looking at? Making a joke, it's Pandora's box. He showed me a box and that we just go in there and pull out the frequencies of whatever. Okay, that's, that's a wonderful image. So, what, so the image he gave me is like, okay, this orange is red. I pulled it out and it's courage. So what has worked effectively with courage? Oh, well, apparently I'm not to be bossed around because that makes me, <laughs> that doesn't work with me. So I have to go at things a different way. Jim, let me ask you this word courage. Let's just focus on this for a second. This quality of courage in the research I've been doing, talking to people in councils and architecture of the afterlife, I ask. What quality did you earn to get on this council or this board? And they'll say like one word, like courage. So just the frequency of courage. So when you, when you access that, when you go in and pull that out, are you accessing all the lifetimes she's had where she's had courage or one in particular, all of them? All of them. What is the, what is the, what is, what has been the courage throughout each lifetime? And so I'm like, And I guess this lifetime has a lot to do with having courage to do what I'm doing. So let me ask you this, Jim, from your perspective, you're at her life planning session. Are you seeing, I mean, you're outside of time, but is this Jennifer as we see her now? You see her as a little girl? You see her as who you knew her in a lifetime previously? What's her energy? I mean, is it just light? How does, it, how does Jennifer present herself to you? in that session he just showed me my eyes like my dad and i had the same eye coloring like it just that that those lights or whatever the hold on well the frequency or energy the frequency or energy of through, that light i'm yeah. i'm yeah, my, just clarifying so the eyes of the soul i guess is what very good i understand that so he's giving you a metaphor not so much he's looking at a pair of eyeballs floating around oh there's jennifer it's the frequency and a part, a portion of that. It's just a question to sort of give people context. So in this memory of who's gonna play roles in Jennifer's life, who's in there? Who's there? Am I there? Is your husband there? Are your children there? Like I was there first. Um, he showed me my son and my daughter. He showed me my mom, my sisters, my brother, Brian. Um, he showed me yeah, all of my family members played a role, and, huh. Like, every time we would have these stupid, you know, fights or whatever, it actually made it to where I would be stronger. So boosting boosting yeah, your strength. played a role in that, even though it was, that's so interesting. Let me ask you that, Jim, can I ask you, is there any, any event that people said, oh, I want to participate in that, or I want to do that, that hasn't come to fruition because of free will, like people agreed that Jennifer would be, you know, like she had a plan to go this way, but the plan veered, or 
a person didn't show up. It's just weird. I just got some, an alert that Lisa Marie Presley's son, Benjamin, died. And we were talking about her just two days ago. Three days oh, ago. Sorry to hear that. Interesting. Sorry about that. I don't That's know. That's all right. Um, but certainly, Elvis, he wants to step in. He can. He's part of our class. He's always standing in the wings. I mean, uh, that's Elvis. We'll do that on Thursday, he said. We'll do it on Thursday. Very good. I'm sorry to hear that for the family and everybody. But this is for Jim's birthday. So let's focus on a cake and candles for Jim. He went for a morning beach run this morning. With you? Um, he said that he went to church. Good boy. He, he visited my mom, held her hand, told her that everything's great. She has two husbands. And he showed me how he looks like, he looks, you know, like a, a hologram, you know, versus her husband there. She's like, she has two husbands. Um, I know, it's funny. Polygamy, the whole thing with polygamy. And I, yeah. <laughs> well, let's not go there, but I mean, of course. It's just so funny. All right, well, hang on. Jim, church, let's talk about the construct of how you create the church that you went to on your birthday. Is it something you're creating mathematically, or is it already there and others have created it? And you show up. He said he created with his favorite prophets. Okay, who's in there? Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Say that again. Hold on. Brigham, Brigham Young. Brigham Young. I, of course, called it Brigham in Young because of... <laughs> that is his nickname. BYU and his 27 wives or something like that. Um, All right. Can, uh, hold on for a second. And Jim, you know I'm going to ask this. He says it's his birthday. <laughs> it's his birthday and he doesn't have to answer. Okay. But you, okay. he knows I'm not going to ask the question that would disturb anybody listening to this. I'm not going to frame it that way. But, Jim, you know what I'm going to ask you about the relationship between Brigham Young and Joseph Smith. Am I accurate in my assessment of what their relationship was? Because I was literally just writing about it when you texted. There's a profound love. There, that's not answering the question, Jim. It is. There's okay, there's a profound love. I, I, I accept that. But was there a profound love when they were both on the planet? Yes. And is what? it accurate the way Joseph Smith left the planet and Brigham Young's involvement in that? Is well, that accurate? profound love and then he showed me because this has all been orchestrated he showed me that Brigham Young did Brigham okay that they planned that <laughs> before yes the exit and I won't get into what it was yes okay and so their relationship and, and I am I'm you know exceeding the point based on love they showed up on the planet together based on love. 
they rode into the sunset together based on love. But the events that precipitated, let's say, less than love things that happened on the planet were also based on love. Is that what you're saying? Correct. It's all love. Okay. <laughs> I promise I wouldn't go down the path. But I know. I know. you can't help yourself. And I, I want to know my dad about personal things. <laughs> okay. But how weird is it that I was literally typing this story to somebody who's a friend of Bill Paxton's and Big Love, and I was saying, check this story out, and your dad pops in and says, come on, let's have a conversation. All right, so back to you, sir. It's your birthday. You were in church today on your birthday. Your favorite people were there. Is there anybody there who's not of that faith who just showed up to hang out? His teacher. His teacher. His all the arms, that teacher. Oh. All right, let's talk to her for a second. People don't know what we're talking about, but this teacher is an astrophysicist, correct? Yeah. yeah, she teaches that class. However, in Hindu literature, she's known as a person named Ma, mother, Durga, D-U-R-G-A. She has how many arms? Eight. Eight arms. And can we ask you some questions, Ma? Yes. But so what were you doing at Jim's church today, hanging out at his birthday? It's a frequency when he's at church. So what, okay, hold on. Were you celebrating him? Yes. That's the question. I mean, it's not any deeper than that. A long list together. And so at the frequency, uh church it his heart is like no matter what church you belong to no matter what they've done in the past it's a frequency of people wanting more loving more it it brings you to a higher vibration normally so and we've asked you this before and i'm sorry i don't remember the answer it's in the book but ma why do you have eight limbs what does each represent or why do you have eight Multitasking? No. Hold on. Okay. She's shown me the infinity sign. So there's a lot to, like, I got shown certain things, like a, a spoke, like eight spokes in a wheelhouse. Uh huh. There's eight. Does each represent? A quality of human intelligence? Correct. Correct. Something That's like that. Something that I'm not... So I got... So I'm like, what? Seven continents? You know? You just have one extra? Like, what? <laughs> well, like, I think she told us this, if I recall. But it was each one represents a quality of... Con it might be courage. It might be wisdom. It might be insight. But in her case, how did you become an astrophysicist? How did you become the teacher of this class, which we visited? in deep space and god so the energy of god the energy of god meaning we're all let's just allow this for a second and correct me if i'm wrong ma consciousness everything is imbued with it so therefore everything is god 
God is the accumulation of all the consciousness on the everywhere throughout the universe, but also connected to the heart. It's not just the physical manifestation, but it's the intention or the heart aspect of it. Is that correct? Yes. Would you like to expand on that? Jim, <laughs> Jim wants to talk. Hold on. Go ahead, please. We could spend two hours on it later. <laughs> I know. We don't have that much time. I just like to get right into the nut. I know. This is my time. Uh, okay. It, so what I want to ask my dad, if you don't okay. mind. Um, Sorry. I go back from the beginning when he showed me the life review. He wants to do he wants to take me through it like he did meeting up. Like he took my hand and we started flying. That's the way that I'm seeing it. Uh -huh. Knowing me from the time that he saw me in the hospital, I can even smell like the like this the stuff that they rubbing alcohol rubbing alcohol. Ugh. Um, and how much he just he said he goes that changed he goes it changed when I got married it changed with my older brother. And he goes, but then I felt like he said he knew he had to do, like he knew he had to get either his, not his life in order or anything like that, but he just knew that he had, he wanted more kids. He wanted, he wanted to do more. And then he's showing me that moment where I see myself all the time as that little girl that he said I would tell him things all the time. Um, that there was no way I could have known or understood. Yeah. Um, and he was really afraid ah, about something going wrong, probably because I was so sick when I was like at three and a half months. Remember, I'd have seizures. Yeah. And they give you a belladonna or something. Yeah, a hallucinogenic and a poison. And he said that. Um, he was so afraid of losing me, but then showed me that when I was a little girl, we're in the white, like from the 1600s or whatever, and I lost my dad from being sick or something along the I, I think we went over. So a, a reflection of that energy from a previous lifetime. Right, right. And then, oh, that's interesting. My dad and I have a love for cars and going fast. And so... He was so afraid of me crashing. And I've always said I'm going to crash in a red car. Like, I've always said, I'm like, I'm going to be taken out by a red car. That's, I won't get in a red Uber. I mean, it's just so stupid. But he's saying that I'm drawing that upon, like, I'm drawing Yeah, that. you're pulling that in. Do you drive? Do you drive uh, over there, Jim? Yep, he sure does. What do you drive? Nineteen fifty-five. Is it the same Cray house? It's five years later. Nineteen fifty-five. Chevrolet convertible Corvette. Or no, cool. I know that he owned a what was it like sixty-six Corvette red. Oh. He didn't, it was an, it was much earlier than that, I think. Oh, like 50, 57, 57, 57 something like that. Cause I, I remember seeing a, a photo or I sent you a photograph because we want, were talking about his car. 
doing it for a museum or we saw the same music you went to a museum. yeah i went to that museum whatever oh. that is but so jim tell us about that so you construct a car you drive the car do you maintain the car how does that work um i construct the car based upon my knowledge here it and how fast do you go like the speed that a Corvette could go or do you go like supersonic? It depends. He showed me, he showed me like having a, having the Corvette that doesn't need, like having it be um, whatever, you know, like my Tesla or whatever. Electric. Yeah. And no, no gas. No gas. So he's making fun of it, but he loves recreating the smell of the gas, like going fast. Ah. Interesting. I've heard that. We've heard that. That the smells are very difficult to recreate. Fire smell and the leather, the old leather that was in, put in the cars. Oh. Um, okay, hold on. Oh. He picked the perfect queen, my mom. And he loves, he visits all of us, he says. Okay, hold on. We're supposed to, he keeps saying, he's like, you guys are supposed to be having fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are. We're having fun. You're, you're, I mean, your family's having fun. Nothing. Again, we're not in a war. COVID is nothing. We're in a different kind of war. But he said, compared to all the other different pandemics that we've had, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. I'm like, it, I have some personal questions. Hold on. Sure. Okay. I just should, wanted to know. Should we uh, sing happy birthday to him? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. You live in a zoo. <laughs> well, he does now. Or we live in the zoo. He's outside the zoo looking in. Jim, on your birthday, what do you have a wish for all the people tuned in around the world who are watching this podcast? Call us. <laughs> Talk to us. Know that you can. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Know that you can. And know that we're here for you. And he says, all of us, we're all here for you. <laughs> He's like, we don't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's kidding about that. But <laughs> ask us more questions. And then he showed me you in my mind's eye. Unpack it. Like, ask more questions and unpack what. Right. Whatever comes through so smooth and obviously I know that it comes in these fragments and it comes in these little pieces of time right well it's if you're a fan of puzzles you know, they come in little puzzle pieces and if you set them aside it's not a puzzle it's just a bunch of pieces in a box but if you lay them out on a table you start to realize that something that was said today yesterday a month ago a year ago fits into this puzzle like our conversations with Jim you know, because this is such an unusual construct, me and you talking in cyberspace. I remember everything Jim says to us. You know, I remember what his references are and what he talks about, you know, these types. Because I didn't meet him, you know, and so it's un unique to me, you know, right. to and have. 
told me, he, it's so funny because when I got locked out, he showed me a pen. And the place that actually had a pen in front of its office is the only place that has an is the person that was actually there on a Sunday. So it was just funny. He showed me a pen, but I'm like, what, the pen? I was trying to, like, does a pen? Could right, get in the door. So Jennifer is referring to the fact that she was locked out of her office and to go on the balcony to get in. And so what was interesting is he showed me the pen. I'm like, what, I'm going to write myself out of here? I'm like, <laughs> all my stuff's in there. I'm like, do I jump off the roof and, like, come through? Like, you know, and he, but he showed me a pen, but then he showed me in hindsight, if I would have, I got so frustrated that I couldn't think. The pen was because there's only, the only office that has, like, the little area where the pen is, is the door that. Is the one. That opened up the door for me. Right. I'm like, so that's, but that's important to hear, which is you get messages, we judge them and we dismiss them. <laughs> Took the pen apart. Thinking Took the pen apart. But the like, idea of don't judge, right. just let the image come forward, write it down, think about it, meditate, which settle is measuring. Down. Settle down. Settle yes. down and think about what it could possibly mean and just allow that it could mean something else. That was funny. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> okay, very good. What was also funny is the guy that opened up the door. I'm like, thank you, you know, can I get you a, he's like, watch out for my dog, it's pretty ferocious. And I'm like, is it gonna bite me? And he goes, I don't know, you're gonna have to see it. And it was this little, it was this little dog. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, of course, because I told you, you know, kind of thing. It was just funny, the thing was kind of funny. Very good, uh, so Jim. What else do you want to tell your daughter on your birthday? Oh, he can't wait to watch the sunset. I'm making a point to go down to the water to watch the sunset. I wanted Thank to you. honor him. That's another thing. Thank you. Like working out today, doing like working, you know, I wanted to take the day off, but I'm like, you know what? I feel closer to my dad when I work. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's just, you know, that's a way that you can honor your loved ones is not by being sad, but by doing things that they love too. And we've heard this consistently and Jim weigh in, which is when you talk about your loved ones in present tense, when you're at a party where all the relatives are there and you toast them in present tense, here's to Jim, you know, I hope you're having fun and enjoying the thing. They can connect with that and they do their best to let you know an answer to your, your question is put themselves in a dream. I mean, what's the best way for someone to reach out to a loved one? A picture like you've said. So take a photograph of your loved one in a happy, hopefully a happy picture yeah. and, and recreate it in your mind's eye and then play the game. Ask them to play the game with you, which is the game is to create them in front of you. Hold their hands. Ask them questions when you hear it. Or hold on to something of theirs. Hold on to something, but in your mind's eye, think about holding on to their hands because then you can feel that, you know what that is. You know what the sound of their voice is. Ask them questions you don't know the answer to. And when you hear an answer before you ask the question, you'll know you've made a connection. Right, yep. Very good. All right, Do I, no. am I losing you? Just, this yeah. is it. Get hit and then you just have one, two, three, which is I love you. One, yeah, one, two, three. All right, we love you, Jim. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you, Rich.
Thank you, Jennifer. We'll catch you on the flip side. All righty. Bye.